welcome to the Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chest Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shoutouts, fun facts, and weekly banner. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White, Dr. Adam Kay, and Sarah Ann Whitbeck. Welcome back to Fracture Line, everyone. This week we have Dr. Kurt Martinson with us. We're very excited about that. Welcome, Kurt. We always start by having the guest host give a little introduction. Tell us about yourself, where you are, and what your practice is all about. So I am a born and raised Minnesotan. I've left a few times for different reasons, but I always end up coming back. I am almost dead center Minnesota. I work at a ACS Verified Level 2 Trauma Center. A few years ago, we started a trauma acute care surgery program, and I swung over to that, and that's primarily what I do. We had uh, one individual doing rib fixation. One of our cardiothoracic guys would do it intermittently, um, and we took that over as well. And I think we have a pretty pretty robust program. We, When I say we, I meant me for about five years. Ended up doing it by myself, which gets to be tough on nights, weekends, and holidays. So uh, I think my later shout-out will go to my wife for letting me leave the house at various times of the day and night to, uh, to keep that moving. <laughs> And then as we brought on younger partners, some of them had done some rib fixation along the way. Other ones we did cadaver courses for and got them up to speed. And now it's beautiful because Sunday through Sunday, day or night, people can go back. They don't have to wait for somebody to get back from vacation. So that's been a really nice development in our in our area. Awesome. And uh, you're, you're a CWIS member, obviously. Um, I know you were pretty active in CWIS earlier on. You went away for a little bit, and now you're back to us. Tell us a little bit about your interaction with CWIS. So I was fortunate enough to be at the original CWIS meeting, which was honestly probably the greatest meeting I've ever been to. I don't know, Tom, it was what, 35 people, give or take? Wait, I'll ask the person that was Sarah, like 35 people? A few more than that. Okay. We just did a good job of making it feel inclusive. It, it may as well have been five. It was like the Pixar guys when they sat around and came up with all the ideas for the for their movies on a napkin. We did the same thing. Uh, not quite as successful as the Pixar people, but monetarily speaking. But I think uh, I think hopefully we're reaching out and touching as many people as uh, Finding Nemo. Maybe uh, it was it was a really fantastic meeting because it wasn't like anything that I've ever been to before. You didn't sit there and just get lecture after lecture of research, some of which you understand, some of which you don't. It was just a group of people trying to figure out how to help another group of less fortunate people. And it was really, it was exciting. Well, Kurt, I, I've been impressed with your involvement, your passion, your commitment to, to the organization, even though you, you don't practice in a level one academic trauma center. You're very much middle America, middle Minnesota, community-based, yet you early on recognized the potential for this therapy for your patients and embraced it and taught yourself how to do it and got involved. And you're one of my archetypes when I when I think about and talk about it, people who aren't in, in, uh, in academia. So... Congratulations and thanks for everything you do. Well, thank you. And honestly, it's it's support of people like you guys. You know, I don't have residents. I don't have fellows. I get called at 3 in the morning for a low potassium. We never got out of residency. We're still granting it out. There's actually 14 of us in our practice. Yeah, it's a big wow. practice. And so during the, the day, we have uh, three surgeons and two or three PAs assigned to our trauma acute care surgery program to manage anywhere from 35 to 
We've had a little over 60 patients on our list that we manage. And we have a lot of outdoorsy things. I'm talking to people from Utah. We don't have ski hills. We have ski mounds. But we have snowmobiling. We have a lot of outdoor activity. The ground is very hard in the wintertime, just like it is there. We have some major highways. Depending on what area you look, our helicopter landing pad at our hospital is the busiest in the state above Mayo Clinic in Hennepin County. Not just because of trauma, but because of other programs. We have a, a very progressive, high-risk OBGYN program. We have a stroke center. We have uh, five neurosurgeons, and this is all in a, a level two non-academic facility. So you had to bring something in to offer these people because you sit around and watch them just struggle, and hopefully they don't get a pneumonia trach and, and die. And when they did, it wasn't a big surprise. You'd, you'd watch this happen over and over again, and then you start reading reports of, hey, maybe we can not get these people trach. Maybe they get them out of the ICU sooner. Maybe we can do some other fantastic things by stabilizing their chest wall. I actually... This might be a very strange analogy, but again, living where I live, rib fixations like meth. Apparently, once you do meth, you're like, this is awesome, and, and it's hard to not do meth anymore. Once you fix somebody's ribs who you think is otherwise going to be stuck in the ICU with a miserable, prolonged hospital course, and the day after you fix them, they go out to the floor and they're walking around. And yeah, they're not all like that, granted, but... The minute you get one like that, you realize this this is this is what it is. And you know, it's it's you academic people that put out the literature and so forth, so then we can stand behind that and, and do what we do on the ground level. So I hope people put it on a t shirt, you know, that rib fixations like Matt. You could I, you could pull I it off though. You were thinking about how that would look on a t shirt. I was. I was. Yeah. I was just thinking, now how do I how do I make the merch for that, you know? But I but I I don't have it quite worked out in my mind yet, you know. So you're coming to Park City in a, Park City in a couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, tell us what you're what you're looking for, what you're looking forward to. Well, I think after eight or so years of doing rib fixation at our facility, uh, we need to uh, work on a little bit better organization. Really take the whole thing to the next level. I think we've done a good job of of honing our skills over that many years, but as a whole, we have to make sure that we're doing doing the right thing for all of our patients. I think our biggest, our biggest deficit is those that we don't operate on, um, which is probably completely the opposite of what it should be. You know, when you operate on somebody, you've done great things for them. Other people are like, well, they don't need surgery, so here you go. And I, 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 I think we miss some of those people and, uh, and can do better. You know, we've been doing our best to get them all to physical therapy, and to and to do some follow-up uh, we have a, a large catchment area so a lot of times they don't like to come back but i think that's that's kind of the the next step and i've wanted for years to to pile up our data and uh, look at it over the years how we've evolved how much less time we take in the operating room you know i did rib fixes over a weekend not too long ago which we never really used to do uh, because of the length of time you would tie up limited or space on a weekend and now it's not a big deal because you can knock out, you know, five or six fractures in 90 minutes, including a VATS. And so that's significantly different than eight years ago where I do a mile-long thoracotomy type of incision. It'd take me 30 minutes just to close it. It'd be a really good thing, I think, for our institution to look back and, and see the strides that we made and see how much we've benefited people. Because I think we all know that we do, but until we can put it on paper, we can't really prove it. Your, your program looks really interesting. I think that what you need is the next level, what Dr. Erickson's gonna talk about at CWIS. 
Um, I don't know if you guys talk, spoke about this, but the idea of telehealth, you have a very large catchment area, you may need to have a chest wall injury center of Minnesota, C. Wickham, there you go. And, um, and more or less, you have to offer to all these patients of yours, you know, telehealth visits so you can keep following them. And I think that will definitely up your game even more so. You'll also find more patients to come in. We, um, we're fortunate in the state of Minnesota because we have a statewide trauma program and we have subsets of that in regions and we are the, the center for our region. And so with our regional meetings, uh, we're able to reach out to all the people in our area, all the different facilities, all the different physicians and APPs. And so, um, and even before that, uh, we are doing individual outreach where we drive to the hospitals and review cases with them. So we're, um, we're pretty tight with um, our regional areas, which has been great. Where we need to work is the acute care uh, part of thing was pretty new for us and then you know COVID hits and everything sort of derails and whatnot but as we build that and have other people in our office you know nursing staff that can call and follow up with patients and and they can have a point person to make sure that they're getting the proper follow-up versus trying to do it through the elective clinic which is in the clinic and not in the hospital it, it's just there's some cleaning up we need to do and that's what I'm looking forward to most about coming on visiting with everybody. Well, and I hope that, I know you say you're not academic, but I hope that in a future meeting you present that because I need that same thing. I'm also, I'm also level two. I, I have an elective practice and that's where I see all my post patients as well. And I think we, we need more of a, um, you know, more of a, more of a substance and more, more help to really give the best care. So, um, you figure that out how to do it, please teach me. Let's move on to the uh, weekly announcements. Sounds good. So running through the summit and the confirmation letters are, are to be distributed shortly, um, but just reminders about things that um, we would like to have on everybody's calendar as you think about prepping for the summit, if you're hopefully attending, or even if you're not attending. All members are invited to the business meeting, which will occur on Thursday, April 28th at 12 o'clock uh, Mountain Time, I'm gonna say it again, April 28th at Mountain Time, noon, high noon. Um, so there will be a separate Zoom link for anyone who wants to buzz into that that's not attending the summit, um, where you know traditional business meeting will be talking about status of the society, the various things that the committees are doing, um, you know, news from the board, etc. All that kind of stuff will be at that time. So information will be distributed shortly about how to join that call. Please put it on your calendar and um, we look forward to chatting with you at that time. Back to announcements about the summit. Um, so people that are attending the summit plan to be there. That'll be during lunch. We'll grab lunch and then get the meeting started. Then that evening, Thursday at the summit, we will be doing mining on Main Street. Um, for those that have attended the summit before, that's similar to when we did um, our dine around or our learning on Larimer where um, we all go together to a location, have um, presentations by by various individuals and, and dinner and, and just enjoy one another. So um, Thursday evening, plan on everybody together. We're going to take buses down to historic Park City Main Street and it will be terrific. Friday is Science Friday. I'm just kind of giving the preview of the, the week. Friday is Science Friday. Um, so we'll be doing science in the morning. It'll be terrific. Lots of, of our scientific abstracts are being presented that day. Um, so get excited for that. 
And then actually we have the afternoon off. We scheduled in Friday afternoon to be available so that you can um, see the town, go either go into town, go back down to Salt Lake City, whatever you want to do. But Friday is, is available for you. Saturday, as we mentioned, is alumni day. Wear your alumni garb for from whatever school you're interested in. Saturday night is our cowboy party and it's going to be amazing. So, um, polish your boots, get ready for some line dancing and um, hanging out, good food, good friends, celebrating the end of the, the summit and uh, it's gonna be awesome. That's kind of the rundown. If you have not booked your room, the room block expires Monday. The time is now here to book your room. We're gonna move on to final stitch. Well, I'm gonna use my final stitch to uh, kind of uh, pile on what Sarah was saying. You know, it's we're 33 days, 32 days out from this, the summit. We on the committee, education committee, have to review many manuscripts and 37 different presentations, just the scientific sessions alone. So the slide deadline of April 1st is important. If we, if everybody waits to the last minute to throw their slides at us, it's chaos and it, you, there's a good chance that we won't get everything reviewed and, and we might be in violation of certain regulations. So please pay attention to the slide deadline. You're, if you're recording your presentation, make sure you do that by the deadline and help us out by getting your manuscript completed and into us so we have time to review them before the summit. So just a little pep talk there. Thank you. So um, uh, this past week, my wife was away on spring break with my daughter in Washington, D.C. So I was playing um, daddy daycare for five kids, and um, I missed my wife. That is my final stitch. I miss my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is that, um, one, I was able to have dinner with Dr. White, Dr. K, and three of Dr. K's fantastic children um, this past week when he was in town, and that was amazing. Um, or I should say when they were in town, and that was amazing. Um, but second, we had another site tour um, at Grand Summit um, yesterday, was that just yesterday? Um, my days were blending. Anyway, and just got super excited all over again about everybody getting together. And, you know, it was one of those moments where you're kind of having this like flash forward where I was thinking, okay, it's going to look like this. And so-and-so will be here and so-and-so will be doing this. And, you know, just imagining, imagining the whole thing kind of coming together, I, I hope. But, um, and feeling that, that anxious excitement of, oh my goodness, we're getting down to the final, you know, the final little time. And, and, um, Feeling that that anxiety that you feel about you know hoping everything goes correct lots of lists lots of you know lots of checking boxes and just super grateful for the overwhelming number of people that are contributing to the meeting between all of our moderators discussants uh, presenters you know the various people are all contributing we have more than a hundred people that are on the agenda contributing in some some way, some of them large, some of them small, and just really, really grateful for everybody's uh, contribution to the meeting to make it great. So thank you, and I just can hardly wait to see everyone. So, Mine is uh, very simple. It's end of ski season on the East Coast, and I'm very, very sad about that. And that's all I want to say is I, I just miss ski season already for the East Coast. Bye. Well, um, I am very much looking forward to everybody getting back together again because it's been very, a very strange last few years. I think uh, when this mess started, I was on the education committee, so I can echo what you said about how much work it is to go through all these things and to uh, listen closely to all the presentations so you could do 
pass pass fair judgment. And so it's it is very important for people to get their things on time so you can review it. We won't mention anybody from England in this particular talk and the delays in getting presentations in. But it is very helpful. Anyway, it's, okay. <laughs> it's very helpful to get them in on time. Um, but it's just going to be kind of nice to get back together. So some of you may know I do uh, uh, part of the uh, world's largest snowmobile fundraiser for ALS in Minnesota. We do it along with some of the Minnesota Twins coaching staff. And uh, uh, we, uh, we didn't do it the year before because um, one of the riders in my group actually died from COVID. And to, um, to do that after that happens would frankly be probably disrespectful. Plus, we're a bunch of snowmobilers. There's no social distancing. It doesn't happen. And so I know the feeling of having this tight-knit group of people that can't get together and do what they need to do for a group of other people. And then to, to get back together again, it's just, it's, it's, it feels good and it's going to be really nice to see everybody again. Thank you, everybody. Oh. I'll see you in 30, how many days? 32. 33. 30, 31. I'm going to come early, maybe. 33. Thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. All right. Good night, guys. Good night.